This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, Matt Straub here, welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. We are at the start of week three, getting ready to look at some of the top waiver wire pickups. Joining me now, Dr. A, Steve Alexander. Steve, are you ready to do this? I am ready to roll. Okay, let's let's waste no more time. Let's get going. I'm going to start at the top of the priority pile uh, for me personally. Nemanja Bielitsa playing extremely well. Now, we always worry about the Kings rotation. It's inevitable. But at some point, the numbers are good enough that we have to buy in, right? I and mean, he's the number 18 overall player so far in nine category leagues. That's obviously going to drop, but I'm I'm pretty much getting on board here. I think he looks like a must-add if he's out there in your league still, a must-start if you added him until we see otherwise. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, the guy's playing really well. Um, he scored in double digits in four straight games, went off on Friday. He had 26-12, three assists, a steal, a block, six three-pointers. You know, I keep waiting for Marvin Bagley to displace him, but it, it just doesn't look like it's going to happen in, anytime soon. And he's killing it. I mean, he's just playing really, really well. We may have been a couple years early on him. I mean, I remember writing about picking up Bielitsa a couple years ago, and it's sort of laughable to look back at it now, but, man, he's <laughs> killing it for the Kings right now. Yeah, and I mean, I think we have to keep in mind, you know, Bagley obviously is a big priority for the Kings, but uh, what's to say that, you know, they can't find minutes for both guys, even if Bagley does, you know, consistently start getting a ton of minutes? Well, and they could put Bagley in the middle, too, and just leave Bielitz out there. The four, Bielitz could probably also play some three. The numbers don't lie, though, dude. His numbers are so good right now. The Kings play four times this coming week. I, I just think that Bielitz should be up there near the top of your priorities for pickups right now. Yeah, I agree 100%. And you mentioned that four-game week for the Kings, uh, which leads me to another Sacramento player, Iman Shumpert. Now, he's had a couple of strong games, one that really stands out. He's also had a few ugly ones. Is he someone you're willing to roll the dice on during this four-game week? I think so. I'm I'm a little concerned by the Saturday 0.6 rebound effort. Or maybe that was Friday. One of those weekend days. They all run together for me. But, um, you know, he had a hip injury. He missed a game. He came back. He didn't score. Uh, he had six boards. He only played like 17 minutes. But, man, the two games before he got hurt, he went off, especially in the one that you mentioned uh, last Sunday, like four three-pointers, four assists, three steals, 26 points, two blocks, was just killing it. He's a defensive player. He's going to get you blocks and steals and he's gonna hit a three occasionally um he hit four last sunday so with four games this week uh if you've got a guy that doesn't play four like plays three and and is not a great player uh shumpert's a guy to look at i just wish he was coming in with a little bit stronger performance in his last game 
Yeah, and I mean, I think you got to look at that 26-point game as probably a bit of an outlier, but that doesn't mean he can't do some good things for you, you know, in steals and threes, et cetera, during a four-game week. Yeah, exactly. Like, the way he filled it up, the stat sheet, the previous two games before his injury, there's no reason. As long as they keep putting him in the starting lineup, uh, I'm comfortable with running him out there next week. All right, now moving to Detroit here for a second. I don't think it's all that surprising to any of us to see Ish Smith putting up numbers because he kind of figures out a way to do that every year, it seems like, at least for a long stretch. The surprising part to me is he's hitting threes. He's at 1.6 per game so far, shooting 47% from beyond the arc. Do you have any faith that he can keep contributing there? I do, only because the Pistons seem determined to let him play alongside Reggie Jackson. And Smith, you know, at the time I wrote the column, he was only owned in 25% of the leagues out there. And, you know, he's averaging 14 points and 3.8 assists and a couple three-pointers, shooting the ball really well. Um, They like having him out there with Reggie Jackson. He's sort of a de facto shooting guard for them. To me, Ish Smith is a strong play. And by the way, the nice thing about Ish Smith is, you know, as you said, he's out there in a lot of leagues. He's already got a role, even with Reggie Jackson healthy. We know Reggie Jackson's injury history. So he's kind of a solid starter who has the potential to really take off if we see Reggie Jackson get hurt again. Oh, man, if Reggie Jackson gets hurt, uh, Smith's going to be the hottest pickup in fantasy. The only problem I see is that the Pistons only have three games uh, this upcoming week. It's kind of a bummer. But um, I think if you're thinking long-term, Smith looks like he's got a role for the whole season, and it's only a matter of time before Reggie Jackson gets hurt. So I'm I'm all in. And it's the same thing we said last week. You should be thinking long-term still at this point. Remember, we're we're only at the start of week three here, so don't, uh, you know, don't cost yourself a chance to get a good season-long player just because he only has three games this week. Yeah. Um, Now, on the flip side of that, the Blazers and the Sixers both have five games. So thinking short term, I want to pick up Blazers and Sixers and run them out there short term, not really worried about the long term. But generally, you know, with guys like we're going to talk about later, Matizel Harrell, uh, Josh Hart, Ish Smith, those are guys you want to look at long term and we can live with a three game week here and there. And more to come on that Blazers five-game week that you mentioned in a few minutes here. Uh, Right now in Denver, Monty Morris started out the season really as basically a deep league guy. I drafted him in the 30 deep league, uh, the 30-team league we play in, just hoping basically for a guy who's going to get some minutes. Now it's starting to maybe turn into something else. He had that 20.7 assist game on Thursday. Seems to really be taking off with Will Barton out. Are you buying Monty Morris as kind of a 10-12 team league pickup? I think so. Uh, Denver plays four games this week. Monte Morris, like you said, appears to be the guy uh, that's going to fill in for Will Barton's hip injury that's going to keep him out for an extended period. So far, so good with Monte Morris. I mean, Trey Lyles is worth a look. Torrey Craig is worth a look. But for my money, if I'm going to pick up a nugget right now, I want Monte Morris. Well, another guy you mentioned a minute ago is Josh Hart. Uh, He's already gone in a pretty big majority of leagues, uh, averaging 32 minutes a game, 2.5 threes, 2.0 steals. So with Hart gone uh, in a lot of leagues, the question for me is, do you trust him to maintain this with Rondo and Ingram back? Do you think two threes and two steals is anywhere within reach? It's, It's within reach. I'm leery about Hart right now. 
the Lakers suspensions to Rondo and Brandon Ingram are going to end uh, like now. But the Lakers love Hart, and they got to find a place for him to play. The only problem is with LeBron and all these other guys there, Kuzma's playing out of his mind. It's going to be tough for Josh Hart to go off every night. He's a guy that I really want to own, but I don't necessarily need him in my starting lineup, uh, especially in a weekly league. I want to make sure that I'm starting my best players. I think there are probably not enough basketballs to go around in L.A. to make sure Josh Hart is putting up big numbers every night. But all it takes is one injury in L.A., and he's the next man up. I don't care what position it is. So he's a guy I want to own right now. Yeah, definitely. And just looking at his uh, the direction he's trending, the first three games he averaged 13 shots uh, a game right around 17 points. The last three games, he's averaged right around nine shots and had a season-low nine points on Saturday. Not to overreact to those small numbers, but it's worth paying attention to those shot attempts and seeing you know what Hart's role is. The minutes are definitely there, but how much volume is he going to get, I think, is the question you were kind of circling around there as well. <laughs> circling around indeed, yes. <laughs> That's a, that came off as a jab, and I did not, I did not mean it to. Uh, Strap, you're always jabbing at me, man. One day you're going to make me snap. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> All right, well, if you are on the verge of snapping with some of the fantasy teams that you drafted and you want to get a new one, check out draft.com. Use the promo code RW and play for free. You can do snake drafts there, 2 to 12 teams. You can also do auctions. So a lot of options to get a new fantasy team, and you can have a new one in a matter of minutes. Again, go to draft.com. Use the promo code RW. Steve, I think you were just uh, on draft.com right before we got on here. On that note, yeah. Uh, Make sure you click the correct sport before you jump into a $25 three-man draft. Uh, I thought I was hopping into an NBA three-man for $25. I had, had some money in my account because I've been winning at draft. But I was in a football draft, and uh, it was for the afternoon games. I had no idea what I was doing. I just winged it and went for it. Maybe I'll win $67.50 on it. We'll find out soon. Sometimes when you just wing it like that, it it turns out better than you expect. It does. All right. We were just in uh, steals and threes territory with Josh Hart, and we'll stay there for a minute. Justin Holiday. All right, Saturday, four threes, five steals, showing what he can do. He's only 20%. 26% on, excuse me. The interesting thing to me is the field goal percentage has been up this year so far. Last year, he shot 37%, a huge liability there. This year, it's 42%, though, trending downward a little bit the last few games, shooting around 33%. Do you trust him? Bulls have four games this week. Where are you with Holiday? I do. I think the Bulls are going to play some small lineups. I think Holiday is going to be a big part of that. Uh, he's a good free throw shooter. He's shooting it well from the floor. Uh, he scored in double figures his first three games this season. He's cooled off a little bit, but with this whole Bobby Portis being out thing, Holiday's role should continue to increase while Portis is out. Bulls play four times this week. I think Holiday's one of those sneaky guys you can go out and get, and uh, he'll help your team this week, I think. And if you're punting field goal percentage in any of your leagues and you don't have Justin Holiday on your roster, you need to fix that immediately. <laughs> Yes. Uh, another guy who's been emerging in New York, Damian Dotson. The numbers look great lately. In his four games, he's averaging 14 points around seven boards, getting steals, threes. Knicks are another team with four games this week. Do you think Dotson, I want to ask you two questions. 
I'm guessing you like him this week, but do you think he's someone who has a chance to carve out a season-long role as we talk about guys who you know you pick up not just for this week but for beyond? Well, I think when Kevin Knox comes back, Dotson's going to take a hit. So I'm not dialed in to Dotson for the whole season. But with four-game week coming this week, uh, he didn't even play in the opener, but he's been on a tear, man. He's been playing really well. He doesn't shoot free throws well, but he doesn't shoot a lot of them, so it shouldn't really hurt you too much there. But as long as Kevin Knox is not playing, I am going to roll with Damian Dotson. All right. Now, keeping it in New York for a minute here, we talked about Noah Vonley last week. As as you mentioned, Tommy Beer had a tweet about Vonley's per 36-minute numbers, which were something absurd like 15 points, 21 rebounds. <laughs> he got a start over the weekend, and he was pretty solid. Nothing spectacular. Seven points, five boards, four assists, two steals, a block, and a three. How much of a priority add is Vonley for you? And do you think you know he's a guy whose minutes could be on the rise? He's not high priority for me. He's only owned in 4% of leagues as of Friday when I wrote this, um, or Saturday, whatever day. Again, weekends, you know. Uh, Football, basketball, it's all the same. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, Vonley, man, he's a rebounder. He's he's kind of a rebounding stud. Uh, The Knicks are hurting at power forward. Knox is hurt. Porzingis is hurt. Vonley's the next man up. I like playing him in DFS a lot right now. Seems like he's a great value in DFS. And if you want to add him in a in a standard league, in a 12-man league, I'm good with that if you need a big man. But I, I kind of like him more as a DFS, you know, every now and then for when you get down to the end and you don't have any money left and you need a cheap guy that can get you some stats. Uh, that's Vonley, man. And if they do ever give him minutes, look out, he's going to take off. Well, one guy who's taking advantage of the minutes he's getting, Rodney Magruder in Miami. It's just been one of the more fascinating early season tears. I mean, he's really got an opportunity because Miami's been banged up. I think the the assumption, common assumption to make is that's all going to go away at some point once Miami's fully healthy. But is there any chance that Rodney Magruder is going to stay relevant? I feel like Rodney Magruder has proven himself. He's earned minutes. He has to play. For the heat and the thing is a lot of people picked up on that when he started going off he got picked up in a lot of leagues he's owned in probably close to 70 percent of leagues out there now so the window on grabbing him has closed in a lot of leagues but he's still available in 30 percent of yahoo leagues and he's putting up numbers across the board man 0.8 steals 0.6 blocks 2.4 threes he's shooting 54 percent Averaging 15 points, 6.6 boards. Like, what's not the love about McGruber? <laughs> exactly. There's that as well. Uh, number 21 players so far in nine category leagues, Mr. Rodney McGruder. You know, sometimes these early season phenomenons become much more than that. So, you know, you can talk yourself out of a player like that, but if you picked him up or if he's somehow out there in your really shallow league, just don't overthink it. As, as you said, Steve, there's a chance he continues to play. It sounds like you think he's definitely going to keep playing a lot. Well, and I like, I really like in fantasy basketball having a couple guys at the bottom of my roster that I'm not afraid to cut if I need to pick up a hot streamer. And that's what it's there for. You want to have some flexibility with your schedule. I have one team that's that I love so much, I don't have anybody to cut, and I'm light at power forward. I had to cut... Uh, Nick Batum to pick up Markeith Morris so I could have a power forward. 
it hurt because I like Batum, but sometimes you have to make decisions. But having a guy at the bottom of your roster that you're not tied to, you pick him up for a five-game week or a four-game week, you run him out there, you see what happens, and then you go find the next gem for the next upcoming week. You just led me perfectly to the topic of five-game weeks because we're back to it now, and I want to talk about Portland. Zach Collins was in your column, and I'm on board with this one. He's, again, kind of like Vonley, maybe even on a higher level. He's been a monster per 36 minutes, averaging around four blocks per 36 minutes, only averaging 20 minutes per game. So look, Collins, five games this week, strong pickup. I think we agree on that. Are you starting to believe that he might have some legit fantasy relevance beyond this week? I do. Uh, He's only getting 22 minutes a game right now. If that bumps up to 25 or 26, he's going to be a a must-own player. I didn't see it coming. I'm still not convinced that he's good to go for the long haul. But he's played so well up to this point. Uh, And this five-game week, I mean, you have to pick up Zach Collins and also give Nick Stauskas a look while you're at it. He plays five. He's been playing well. But Zach Collins for a five-game week, I'm all in. And at the end of that five-game week, you're going to know a lot more about Zach Collins than you do right now. And if he got it done for those five games and you want to roll with him going forward, you have that option. So I don't see how you can make a mistake picking up Zach Collins for this week. And Collins, in those 20 minutes, 11 points, 5 boards, 2.2 blocks, and a 3 per game. So just some absolutely monstrous fantasy potential here. I don't. He doesn't have an obvious path to 30 minutes a game, but if he could just creep into the 25 range somehow. He's, he's also shooting at lights out from the field, too. Yeah, 69.2%, 87 from the line. So Collins is a potential monster in waiting, and as we said, a must-start this week with five games, which leads me to another question about Portland. I mean, with a five-game week, would you? How far would you go? Would you consider someone like Evan Turner this week if you have an open roster spot? Yeah. I mean, if you've got a Evan Turner playing five games or a Nick Stauskas playing five games and you've got a marginal player playing three games, those two extra games, I mean, it just takes one good night to turn that all around. So those two extra games are huge, and they should not be underestimated, um, undersold, under whatever you got to go with the five gamers as long as they're a decent player. So Evan Turner, I mean, he only had eight points, four boards, three assists, but he had two steals, two blocks, 25 minutes against the Heat on Saturday. Give me that guy. He only hit three of ten shots on Saturday. If he hits six of ten shots, his whole line looks different, and he's, he's contributing in every category. There's five games for the Blazers. I mean, Evan Turner to me is a solid five-game play this week. Yeah, and I think, I don't know that you really can go much further than that. I mean, Al Farouk Aminu maybe is is a strong start just because, again, you don't have to do a lot in all five of those games to hit value. He's coming off an ugly game over the weekend, but uh, he had a couple 15-rebound games not long ago, so he's another guy I would consider pretty much a must-start in a lot of leagues with those five games. I think Al Farouk Aminu is a great pickup. Zach Collins is a great pickup. Uh, I think Nick Stauskas is worth a shot if you have a three-game player that you don't love at shooting guard. So if you've got a three-gamer that is sort of a marginal shooting guard that you don't really trust, I'd rather play Nick Stauskas for five games and see what happens. Last guy I want to highlight from your column, and there are a ton of names here to look at for everyone out there, but another guy who's pretty much 
you know, and not gone in every league, but Montrez Harrell, I mean, this is Collins almost on another level if we're just talking about just beastly production in not a lot of time. I mean, what's it going to take for Harrell to break through, get the majority of the minutes, and does it even matter? Well, Harrell's last game was 28 minutes, 30 points, six boards, two blocks, two steals. He's not going to hit threes. Uh, He hit 14 out of 15 free throws in that game on Friday. He also hit 8 out of 13 shots. I am all in on Harrell. I've picked him up everywhere I could. And Marcin Gortat is not really getting it done. He's not as tough as Matzazel Harrell. The Clippers staff loves Montrezl Harrell. Now, I wish he could play against his former team, the Houston Rockets, every night because his two best games of the year have come against them. But, man, I'm sold. I'm all in. I am riding Montrezl until the wheels fall off. Yeah, and sandwiched in between those two games against the Rockets, by the way, he had a 12-point, six-rebound, two-steal, two-block game against the Pelicans. So he's he's rolling right now. He was pretty fun to have on rosters last year for a stretch but now he appears to have taken it to another level. 2.2 blocks, 1.0 steals, nearly 14 points in 21 minutes a game so far. The guy's a monster. He's only got three games this week, but I don't really care. He's one of those long-term ads. Yeah. Um, I want him on my team. By the way, this is crazy because he, you know, nine category leagues in 21 minutes a game, he's been the number 26 player so far per game. That's wild. Yeah, and he's owned in 60% of the Yahoo League, so... You know, the secret's out of the bag. People know about him. But that also means he's available in 40% of leagues out there. And he was available in my league this morning. I had already used up my three pickups for the week, so I couldn't get him. But I I tried. All right. Well, that is all we can do, Steve. All we can do is try. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, that brings us to the end of our road here today. Check out Steve's column, as always, on rotoworld.com. Tons of great stuff, great advice for your fantasy squads as we head into week three. Keep it tuned to our player news pages. You're making your line decisions. Anything else to add, Steve? No, hopefully you didn't hear my child asking me about A1 sauce in the background there. You may have. Uh, we don't have any A1 sauce, in case you're wondering. All right, confirmed. No A1. That's uh, no A1 at the Alexander household. All right, Steve, thanks for doing this, man. As always, it was a pleasure, and we'll talk to you soon. We'll see you on Sunday, hopefully. You got it. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.